You only need to have one plan, plan A. Don't have a plan B, go all in, because your plan A requires 100% of your attention. And if you're working on plan B, you're not 100% focused in on making your goals happen. So really making sure that you're doing what it is that you know you should be doing and going all in with that. Welcome to Star of the Doubt. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our co-host today is Chelsea Avery from the new Wifestyle.com. That's Wifestyle, not Lifestyle. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Jared. How's it going? It's going great. I really appreciate you being on the show today. We have a very interesting guest. It's someone that you know a little bit about. It's just some random guy. It's your husband, Ryan Avery. He's our guest today. Yay. <laughs> so Ryan is a world champion of public speaking. He's the co-author of the new book, Speaker Leader Champion, Succeed at Work Through the Power of Public Speaking. Ryan is also pursuing a world record, which we'll discuss during the interview. Ryan, you are no stranger to Star of the Doubts. Chelsea and I are ready to put a bird on it. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Jared, so much. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> All right, man. So the last time you were on, we kicked off with a question. It was about concerts. Mm-hmm. And you had a really good answer to this. You talked about the Snoop Dogg <laughs> and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So I'm curious, have you been to any good concerts lately? I haven't been to any good concerts lately. I think the last concert I've been to, just to show you my masculinity side, was Britney Spears <laughs> and Nicki Minaj was the last one that I went to. So, I you can know. vouch for that. <laughs> yep. Luckily for you, Ryan, the listeners to Star of the Doubt stopped judging yesterday. <laughs> good, so. good, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. So, Ryan, we're going to roll into blank versus blank. You've done this before. Okay. So, Chelsea, would you kick us off? Yes. So, Ryan, very important question. Which do you love more, French toast, frozen yogurt, or your wife? <laughs> unfair question because i've been trying to get you to get me french toast froyo for a while now so i cannot wait to try it but i'm gonna have to say my wife good answer yes that was the correct answer (laughs) (laughs) all right let's go ahead to finish this sentence you've been fortunate to be interviewed on a variety of podcasts please finish this sentence my favorite podcast interview artwork is (laughs) you must have recently seen the interview that i did with entrepreneurial showdown with joe and dan that would be that one where they photoshop my head on a cartoon boxer and my abs look amazing so i'm gonna have to go with that one (laughs) which is actually you're pretty swollen i'm sorry i mean that is just the cartoon version of me they didn't photoshop anything that's my real body sorry absolutely of course (laughs) i saw that artwork and i loved it i was like that is fantastic (laughs) They did a good job. And it was a very good interview. So people who haven't heard that, they can go to entrepreneurshowdown.com and check that out. Yeah. Next, finish this sentence, Chelsea. So Ryan, if your pen runs out of ink when you're signing lots of signatures, you blank. I'm going to calmly freak out. But then I think what I'll do, like I've thought about all these things. If my pen runs out or my hand cramps up, I'm going to have an ink pad and I'm just going to give them my thumbprint because that's technically a signature. (laughs) <laughs> so I'll just like thumbprint the book and that'll be, you know, hey, what's up? Wow. Don't steal my identity, but it's my signature, so it counts. <laughs> well, right, we're giving a lot of teasers here and I don't yes. want us to give it away yet. I want people to stick around and figure out what in the world is okay. he talking about. <laughs> but yeah, the thumbprint, is that really legitimate? That works as a signature? 
I mean, a signature can be anything that you want it to be, and that would be the ultimate signature, I would think, is someone's thumbprint. How original can that be? I wonder if Guinness Book of World Records would agree with you. I would say, yeah. I would argue that one. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So a lot has happened, Ryan, since you were first on the show. And when you were first on the show, you were pretty fresh, just a couple months off the World Mm -hmm. Championship of Public Speaking, and a lot has transpired since then. So let's just go there for a little bit. How has your life personally and professionally changed after winning the World Championship? I would say 100%. I used to work for a nonprofit, and now I own two companies with my wife. We traveled the world together, and we own a successful public speaking business. I think the biggest thing that how it's changed my life is I've really understood the power of a voice and the power of your message and understanding that the key to success, the key to anything in life is how well you can communicate. You can have ideas, you can have a product, you can have a service, but until you're able to effectively communicate the value of what you provide, you have nothing. So I've really understood and learned a lot about communication and speaking and what it can do for your life. One of my favorite books is Stop Talking, Start Communicating by Jeffrey Tumlin, and what he says is, good communication equals good relationships equals good life, and I completely agree with him on that. I think that's the biggest thing that has changed since winning the world championship is I've become more aware of how powerful my voice and everyone's voice is and helping them understand that and teaching them how to use it is something I'm very passionate about. That's great, Ryan. And so you mentioned you were working at a nonprofit and I happen to know that it was for special Olympics, Oregon, when you actually won Mm -hmm. the world championship. So what Mm -hmm. made you decide to stop working at this nonprofit and start a business of your own? What was that deciding factor? What we did is we tried out the public speaking. I really, really love Special Olympics. The mission, the people that I was working with, everything about that organization I just think is phenomenal. And they were great. They tried to keep me on board because I was speaking, right? So I woke up to 269 emails the next day after I won the world championship, and I was speaking all over the world. So I would go into work Monday through Friday. Then on the weekends, I would fly. So I would fly on Friday to the Bahamas. I'd come back, and then I'd fly to Alaska, and then I'd come back, and then I'd fly to Nebraska. But we don't need to talk about that one. And I'd fly like all these different places. (laughs) And I was working like 80, 90 hours a week for months. And all of a sudden, I was just getting burnt out, and I realized I wasn't being great at either one of them. I was just being good. I was just getting by, and that's not my mentality. That's not what I'm about. I'm about being the best, about being great, because there are enough average people out there in the world, right? And there's plenty of room for more people who want to be great and want to be the best. So Chelsea and I were in Canada. We were speaking in Canada, and we went out to dinner, and I said, babe, look, I really think... I can take this full time. It's really scary to think about leaving Special Olympics for a variety of reasons, but I think we can do this. I want to go and take this full time. Are you ready for it? We have had many dinners before to make decisions. She reaches over the table and she shakes my hand and she says, if you're ready, I'm ready. And we shook on it. We said, deal. I went back to Special Olympics and we gave them four weeks because they needed the help and they're phenomenal. And I I was happy to give them that four weeks because they've done so much for me. And then actually, now that I think about it, that was a year ago next week. So I've only been a full-time professional speaker for a year. (laughs) 
incredible. Yeah. Okay, so obviously that was a little bit of a difficult decision because it was a big step of faith, oh, and that has certainly worked in your favor. And in addition to making that decision, you also made at least a brief decision. You guys moved to Texas temporarily. <laughs> so I just want to talk about that for a minute. So you made the decision to be an entrepreneur, but then all of a sudden you leave a place that you love so much and go to Texas. Why did you do that? For multiple reasons, like you said, it was a difficult situation because in order to make that, we knew that we were going to scale back on our revenue and money that we're bringing in because at beginning when you're speaking, it's not consistent. Actually, in general, it's not consistent. I mean, one month you can make 30 grand. The other month you're like, where are my speaking gigs at? <laughs> um, so it's just never consistent anymore. So when you make that decision, what you're doing is you're giving up consistency. You're giving up the security of getting that monthly check, having that health insurance. So what we did is we made that decision to move back to Texas because my parents were there. And actually, it's better to own a business in Texas because of their business laws and regulations. So we decided to move back in with my parents. <laughs> Big move for us, right? It's actually turned out really well. I enjoyed that time of my life. I think my parents really got to know Chelsea very well and vice versa. And we're now a bigger family. Then we did a few things and we decided after we became a little bit more successful in the speaking world that we would move back to Portland. So technically, we were only Texas residents for a month. <laughs> and then, like, literally, we got our driver's license and our Texas business and everything set up and let's move back to Portland. So it, it cost thousands of dollars, but it was the right decision at that time to make because we didn't have rent. We didn't have the big expenses that we could have used into what we did use to grow our business and put money into marketing and put money into the business side of things. So it was actually great. It's a win-win for everybody. Sure. So Ryan, speak a little bit more about the passion that drives you to do what you do every day. For me, I really am passionate about helping people use their voice. So here in the United States, if you're listening in the United States, I know people listen from all over the world, but our First Amendment is the best amendment in the world. We are able to use our voice whenever we want, and people don't take advantage of that enough. And it's so important that you talk about things that bother you, or you share the things that inspire you, or you deliver your message, because there are so many people out there who are afraid to do it. And you have to be that person to step up and to show them and to share with them that it's okay, don't be afraid, use your voice. Not everyone in the world gets that privilege. and Every single one of us has something unique to share or a story or an idea. And the idea or the possibility of teaching someone to feel inspired enough and to share and be confident enough to go out and share something that they absolutely believe in, even if people are going to criticize them or lift them up, like going and learning as much as I can about communication and the art of speaking is something that I'm incredibly passionate about because I've learned over this past two years of from when I was going for the world championship till now that your voice is the most powerful tool on the planet and being able to know that I can read books and watch videos and be here in the United States and use my voice when and where I want is just beyond a privilege. 
so you did something very interesting this last year. You went around the entire North America and <laughs> yeah. doing speaking workshops. And I was yeah. fortunate to actually attend one of those that you came to in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the tour, why you did that, and what were some of the common takeaways for the attendees? Sure. So I am a believer in you only need to have one plan, plan A. Don't have a plan B, go all in because your plan A requires 100% of your attention. And if you're working on plan B, you're not 100% focused in on making your goals happen. So really making sure that you're doing what it is that you know you should be doing and going all in with that. And before we had planned for the world record or the North American tour, my plan A was to get into Columbia. I wanted to get my master's at Columbia. I was ready. I was did everything that I could. That was my plan A. Well, that didn't happen. They didn't accept me and I was really bummed about it. I thought I was going to get in and Chelsea and I, we just sat down and we were like, man, well, that was a big blow to the gut. What are we going to do now? And we sat down and I'm a big dreamer. So my tagline is dream big. And I do believe you can do anything you want in life if you focus. So I told her, I said, look, why don't we put on the biggest public speaking tour that's ever been done? Let's go to 50 cities. And we just sat down and we picked 50 cities to go to, the 50 <laughs> cities we wanted to. And I said, we'll put on the best public speaking workshop anyone has ever been to. And we'll market it. I want it to be free. And this is how we can do it. And Chelsea thought I was crazy. But I was like, no, we can do this. And she started getting on board. And we put this tour together. I mean, it was one of the coolest things we've ever done. We learned so flipping much that tour. We went to, yeah, 50 cities all around North America. Met some wonderful people. Taught thousands of people. I'm still getting letters from people who email me or connect with me on LinkedIn and say, hey, I attended your workshop in Boston or Fort Lauderdale, like you said. And it was one of the coolest things. But I'm telling you this because, right, plan A. So my plan A was Columbia. didn't work out. Then I moved to the North American tour. Well, the North American tour gave me so much and it taught me so much. I got to meet so many people. It grew my list. Well, then I reached back out to Columbia and I'm going to apply again. And that's moving into my next plan A is getting that master's from Columbia. So even if you can't do it the first time, you know, you'll, it will open doors and give you more experience. And I'm only 26, so I've got a lot more to learn and I've got things to do. And that North American tour really taught me a lot about speaking and what value to add. I think the biggest thing I walked away with after the tour would be you have to go in adding value. Don't think about being funny. Don't think about being perceived as great. Just go in there and add value in the way that you want to add value. I'm a very different type of keynoter. I teach workshops very differently. It's my style. But I'm focused on making sure that when my audience walks out of that room, their life is different. Their life is improved. They have actual tangible strategies that they can use to improve their life. So that would be the biggest thing that I took away because at the beginning, you know, when you're a public speaker, you think, oh, man, I got to be funny and I got to be entertaining and I have to make sure I do all these certain things. No, just go in, add value and do it your own way and you'll be wow. beyond successful. I just want to follow up real quick, Ryan. You put together a tour going to 50 cities. How did you know people would actually come? 
<laughs> Good question. It's kind of like <laughs> build it and they will come kind of thing, right? <laughs> um, I just had it inside of me of if I could put this tour together and if I could get the right people on board and it was big enough, right? You can't just do something, I'm going to go to two cities and I'm going to talk to 20 people. No, I'm in the game of doing something big. Like I wanted to put together the North American tour. And I think when people hear that they're part of something bigger, that that's enticing. Plus it's free. So how can you turn that away where here I am coming in, teaching you a two hour free workshop in order to improve your career, in order to teach you how to be a better speaker and communicator. I just knew I could convince people to go. And what happened actually was at the beginning, there were some major hiccups, but it was neat because people were then posting on our Facebook and then they were commenting and they were posting on their Facebook and they were tagging themselves in the photo. So at the end, we were getting a lot more people because people were saying, hey, you've got to go to this workshop if he's coming into your city. So it was a neat experience to see, hey, okay, we are doing this right. People are coming. But you can't be afraid of not doing something because you don't know if people are going to come or not. You just got to do it. If you think you want to do it, do it. (laughs) Did you have any audiences of two? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had audiences of hundreds. Um, I think, what was our highest? I think it was like 300 and something. And our smallest, wow, yeah, it was a big one. Uh, and then our smallest was eight people, and the eight was in Hawaii. It was a paid event in Hawaii. There were three locations that didn't find sponsors, and one of those was Hawaii. So we had to have a paid event because but that was those big. eight. Yeah, those eight were phenomenal. I got to really sit down with them, and I got to know what they wanted to do. It was great. Each one was so unique and different. I loved it. That's awesome. So speaking of all of this traveling, I'm just curious, if you had it your way, would you travel all of the time? (laughs) (laughs) What did we go to? We traveled, let's see, we went to 72 cities last year. We stayed in over 100 hotels. So I would say right now, as we don't have kids, I think I would travel majority of the time. However, the difference was we were living in a Marriott. So we didn't even have a home. So if I wanted to buy something, I couldn't even ship it to any place. So living out of a suitcase, (laughs) in a sense, uh, was like homeless, right? We were just moving to hotel to hotel. But it was nice in that aspect. But it was hard because if you want to buy something or if you want to put something up, that was tough. So having a place of our own now, I think, yeah, I think I would. Right now with you and me and no kids and get to travel and see the world and meet people. When you travel, you get to see what else is out there. And what you learn Mm -hmm. is that your way is not the only way or even the right way. It's just the way that works for you. And I think if more people traveled and more people went out and saw different areas of the world, that this world would be a more accepting place and we'd get along a lot better. So yeah, I think I'd travel a lot more. Ryan, just one more question about the tour. So what was the biggest thing that you learned from doing the tour? The biggest thing, honestly, I think it would be going back to saying, uh, knowing me as a speaker, I'm not there to entertain. I'm not there to look good. I'm there to add value. So now everything that I do, when a 
coaching client wants me or when I get booked for an interactive keynote or when I go in for a client, my first thought is how can I add value to the people that I am communicating with and what value is going to be best used for their organization or for them as an individual and doing that research to make sure that when they do bring me in, uh, they feel satisfied that their life will be improved. I guess I also learned too that I'm a motivational speaker. So I think that that was really cool because I went in and I was going in more as I like to teach, I like to educate, but I'm also a motivator. I get people to take action and that was a really eye-opener for me that I like my own style, I do it differently, and as long as you're adding value, you can do it as however you want, because no one is going to criticize you for your style, for your performance, if you change their life. And that was a really big lesson for me. Well said. Then you did a great job with that. I can personally attest to that. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. But I have to give yeah. Chelsea some major credit on this one, too, because, yes, Ryan Avery's North American tour, but it was really Chelsea's and I's tour. She went with me the entire way. She was the manager of the tour, kept it all together, and really added a lot of value to them. I think people need to understand sometimes when they see me, it's really us. No, well, I can testify to that one. And when you were in Fort Lauderdale, I saw Chelsea back at the table yeah. and she yeah. was <laughs> talking to everybody and managing the merchandise and she was doing everything. So right, good job, right. Chelsea. Thank yeah. you. We make a good team. So yep. tell us about your new book coming out, Ryan, Speaker Leader Champion and why you wrote it. Okay, great. It's co-written by best-selling author Jeremy Donovan, published by McGraw-Hill Business. We wanted to write it because we wanted to help the younger generation improve their communication skills at work. We wanted to give them a competitive edge where they could go in, learn these strategies and techniques when they're presenting their idea or pitching a product or service and do it in a way that's convincing, that's effective, that motivates people to buy in what they are selling or pitching. So Jeremy Donovan and I wrote this book, and it's based off of dissecting 10 world championship speeches through Toastmasters. And what we do is we provide value in the way of what Toastmasters provided us as professionals, not even professional speakers. I mean, I was able to advance very rapidly in my career at Special Olympics because of the skills that I learned through Toastmasters. So I was one of the youngest, if not the youngest, director of marketing and communication for the largest sports organization in the world because I learned these basic techniques that we aren't taught in school. We're not taught at home and they're basic, but they're so profound. And so we wanted to give 80 strategies to help people advance in their career through public speaking. So the book is called Speaker, Leader, Champion because another big belief of mine is people are always talking about they want to be better leaders, right? And a good leader, you need to be honest and you need to be trustworthy or, and you need to have drive and passion. You need to be able to use your voice. Well, that is what a speaker is. That all comes from communication. That stems from being a better speaker. So don't just focus on being a better leader. You need to focus on being a better speaker because when you are, you're more observant, you're more confident, you're able to articulate what it is that you want to say, which gives you the leadership status. So that was our concept of leader or speaker leader champion. And I'm really excited about the book. It's exciting. I actually, uh, I get my copy today. I'm, I'm wanting to pick it up right now. <laughs> right after this interview, I pick my copy up. Hey! 
So, Ryan, it's no secret. You like to go big or go home. Yep. So how are you making the release of this book big? And we kind of hinted at a, a record-breaking thing, so let's go there. Yeah. Well, we're going on a tour. So we're going on a book tour starting this week. First stop is in Toronto, and we've got some fun cities that we're going to around North America. And then on Wednesday, April 16th, I will break the record for the largest book signing in history at Colorado State University with Alpha Kappa Psi and 13 other organizations, including Toastmasters International and Colorado State University. I wanted to break a world record, and I like to do big things. So my publisher at McGraw-Hill, who is just, they're just so fun to work with. So is my agent, Jackie Meyer, she, and Jeremy. They're just, everyone's so great to work with. And, you know, we were brainstorming on doing a tour, and I go, y'all, why don't we do the largest book signing in history? And, you know, they were like, okay. And I put together a proposal, and I sent it to them, and they liked the idea a lot. And we got on board, and my agent, she goes, well, let's do it at a big university like Stanford. And I said, well, why don't we do it at a cool university like Colorado State, where I graduated? <laughs> <laughs> so I called CSU up, and they said they liked the idea. And Alpha Kappa Psi was on board. So Alpha Kappa Psi at the CSU chapter is bringing it on. And I mean, there's so many organizations helping the bookstore, Toastmasters, the marketing club, management club, 4-H. And we have to sign and sell 5,000 books on Wednesday, April 16th in order to break the world record. But the cool part about it is you can be on site or you can attend online because it's going to be streamed live around the world. So anybody who's ever wanted to be part of a world record, this is your chance. What's cool about it too is, by the way, I say cool. Again, I'm 26. What's cool about it <laughs> is all the proceeds from the event will benefit scholarships at CSU. So I didn't want to make any money off the event. I wanted it to all go back to first-generation students like myself. I was the first person to go to college in my family, and I want to support those students who are looking for a higher education. Your name gets published in my next book and gets to be part of that world record, which is pretty awesome. And you get a signed copy of Speaker Leader Champion. It's a win-win-win for everybody. And for those who have always wanted to be a part of a world record, Wednesday, April 16th, all you have to do is log in to ryanavery.com buy the book on that day and you can actually pre-register for the event where we can ship it to we'll send you a reminder email on Wednesday April 16th to say buy now but yeah that's the awesome. event it's going to be crazy it's going to be awesome it's so obviously you're very good at dreaming big and doing big so what would you give advice to people who want to do big things but the fear of failure is stopping them all right i'm going to give you the best advice okay you are going to fail and what I mean Thank by you. that, what I mean by that is you're going to fail, like quit being afraid of it. Don't think you're going to avoid failure. You're not, you're going to fail. So be comfortable with failure. And this is what one of my keynotes is, is called redefine failure because we need to look at it differently. We need to look at it as something that's exciting. And when you're failing, that means you're moving forward or you're not falling back. So the acronym that I use that inspires me is F-A-I-L. I want you to fail because failure always inspires leaders. Hmm. Failure always inspires leaders. All of the leaders of our time, the Thomas Edisons and the Albert Einsteins and the Sheryl Sandbergs and those who are just the best at the best of what they do, they have failed multiple times over and over and over again, but they kept trying and they looked at failure as an inspiration, not as something bad. So my advice to you is you're going to fail. That's 
awesome. Be happy that you're going to fail because you're one of the select few that decided to step up to the plate and do something big and contribute to our world. Quit being afraid of something because if you're afraid and you take no action, there's a 100% chance that you aren't going to succeed. However, if you get up and you do it and you make things happen and you try to do what it is that you know you can do, well, then you have a shot. You have an opportunity. And like I said before, your voice matters. Your idea matters. That product inside of you or that invention inside of you is worth it. And the people of this world deserve to know what it is. So if you're afraid... Don't be, just be excited about failure. Look at it differently, redefine it, and go for it. I can't tell you how many times I have failed, and I know all of the times that I'll fail. I mean, last year I made a $50,000 mistake. I burnt bridges accidentally with people that I wish I could continue to reach out with. I've had products launched that I'm embarrassed to talk about, but out of that, I've been able to launch books and I've been able to break world records and I've been able to do those things because I look at failure differently. And if you do that as well, you will be so successful in life. Wow. So world record, world championship, (laughs) what other big dreams are on the horizon for you, Ryan? Ooh, that's interesting. You just asked me that, babe. I don't think, or I'm sorry, Chelsea. I don't think you know about this one. I just actually got invited to break another world record with a company and with somebody else that I can't talk about yet. But I think I'm going to take that on next year or it'll be at the end of this year. Pretty exciting. And I think I'm going to do it. So yeah, I just want to break more world records. I want to help more people learn how to use their voice to make a difference. I want to be financially retired before I'm 30. So Chelsea and I can raise some kids and be a family together and I can use my voice and a larger platform to make a difference. I'm really interested in just having kids with the woman of my dreams, Chelsea, and starting a family in a couple of years. That's probably the biggest dream I have. But yeah, I would say continue to use my voice to make a difference, continue to break world records, and stand by the woman that stands by me. Those are the big dreams of my life. (laughs) Nice. Good answer. Very good answer. (laughs) So just to kind of wrap things up, Ryan, who is doing something that interests you? Hmm. Who is doing something that interests me? Yeah. That's a good question. I would say I really like Sheryl Sandberg's lean in concepts. I think that that's brilliant. I think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done there where women, I mean, they make up more than 50% of our population, yet they have the statistics of women in power and women in leadership. And I just think women need to be more in the, I'd love to see another female world champion of public speaking soon. You know, we've only had two of them out of the 80. So I'd really like to see more women step up because they do contribute so much to our society and seeing that would be good. So I'm inspired by Sheryl Sandberg. I'm inspired by Simon Sinek and Seth Godin. I'm inspired by people who go out and do big things like and it has to just be big to you right so like don't think about comparison is the thief of all joys right we've heard that multiple times don't compare yourself to others just find out what would be astronomical to you like maybe making forty thousand dollars a year would be astronomical to you well then go out there and do it so i'm inspired by those people who take charge of their life and try to make a difference, like the Sheryl Sandbergs, like the Seth Godins, like the Simon Sinek's, the Brian Tracy's, people of the world who 
change think and we get inspired by them because they're living they are alive and i think that's really cool there's a ton i'm trying to read i read about a book a week and every time i read a book i just think gosh it's such a good one the dalai lama's book i just read the art of happiness phenomenal book so a lot of people i would say Ryan, what is the best place for the listeners to support the world record, purchase a copy of your new book, Speaker Leader Champion, and stay connected with everything that you're doing online? Go to ryanavery.com. You can register for the event and then buy it on Wednesday, April 16th to be part of the world record. ryanavery.com will have all my social media links as well. You can shoot me an email. All of my contact information is on ryanavery.com. So that'd be the best way to do it. Just keep using your voice to make a difference. Your voice really does matter. I want to remind everyone that. And really, really, really always remember to dream big. That's so important. Well said. You're going to fail. Like, quit being afraid of it. Don't think you're going to avoid failure. You're not. You're going to fail. So be comfortable with failure. And this is what one of my keynotes is. It's called Redefine Failure because we need to look at it differently. We need to look at it as something that's exciting. And when you're failing, that means you're moving forward. You're not falling back. So the acronym that I use that inspires me is F-A-I-L. I want you to fail because failure always inspires leaders.